Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into today's episode. Before we get into it, I just wanted to throw a couple quick things out there. So me and my friend Scott Mervis recorded this conversation almost a month ago on May 19th, and a lot has happened since May 19th. And as a result, there's a lot of things that we're not going to be talking about in this conversation because they just hadn't happened yet. And I wanted to put that out there because it's been pretty common practice for me to not get an episode that I record uploaded until three or four weeks after the fact. But with how much is going on these days, it's really, really insane how quickly something can feel outdated or irrelevant, even though we only had this conversation just a few weeks ago. So I did want to put that out there. This is a really cool conversation. We talk a lot about Scott's background as a writer. We talk about the current state of the music industry given mid-May with all of the COVID-19 stuff going on. And we talk about a lot of other things as well. So even though there are some things that aren't touched on, this is more of a general conversation about Scott and about being a writer, being a musician. And I think if you're interested in any of that, you'll still get a lot out of this. Moving forward, I'm hoping to get into a groove of being able to release episodes with a quicker turnaround. So I don't have to worry about the potential for there being things that happen that fuck. It's like, I wish that we would have been able to talk about this on the episode, but you know, it is what it is as much as I hate that saying just is what it is. So without any further bullshit, let's get into it. This is my conversation with my friend, Scott Mervis of the Pittsburgh post-gazette sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda or coffee or water, whatever you like. In the fridge. Not sure if you have anything, my friend, but cheers. I have a water. Who, me? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's noon. Yeah. I have some aloe vera. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some water. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm, I'm in the same exact <clears throat> boat. Just uh, water right now. I had my my one coffee for the day. I'm trying to be, be better about that. Yeah, I've been doing the cold brew. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, like I get it at Trader Joe's, you know, the concentrate, and then you add water to it. I like it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's awesome. <clears throat> and uh, I find that there's all of these new habits that I am developing for the better as a result of the quarantine. Yeah. You know, more uh, making breakfast at home and saving money, saving time, you know, just being right. very, a lot more self-sufficient. It's funny how uh, being a, you know, a, a DIY musician or a writer such as yourself, somebody that's done all this freelance sort of stuff working for yourself how uh how tied into some unnecessary things i was that i never really thought about before like yeah i'm independent but i'm dependent on starbucks for coffee every day (laughs) yeah you know i had a trial run of this like about a year and a half ago i broke my collarbone commuting into work wow so i worked i worked at home for about six weeks and I got like a feel of what it was like to to just work at home and and you know it's like a mixed 
it's kind of a mixed bag because like you can get into a rut and you can also get into the thing where you feel like you always have to be working while you're at home. You know, there's no separation between work and home. So it gets a little bit complicated. Like your computer's always right there. Yeah. It's like, I should do, I should be doing that. But like, you know, you do need to separate somehow uh-huh. and, you know, you need to get out. You need to get out. Like sometimes you're like, I got to take a walk right now, but I got stuff to do, but like, just go take the walk. You know what I mean? It's important to do that. The separation is <clears throat> so, so important. So before we get off into a huge tangent, there's plenty that we could talk about. I do feel that I should probably introduce you for anybody that has no idea <laughs> yeah. who we're talking to. Right. We are talking with Scott Mervis of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Make some noise for the internet. Everyone's happy that you're here. Nice. Nice. So. Was my, that laughter at the end? There wasn't any laughter. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I could add some in if you would like some. <laughs> Uh, maybe, so maybe at certain points a laugh track. <laughs> well, you know we can we could do one of these for you. That, uh, okay, well I'm sure we'll have those moments. I'm I'll, sure I'll, we'll have those. I'll keep that button handy then. Save that. Yeah, yeah. got it. So I know do I get you. Buttons? I'm sorry. I don't get any buttons though. You, I mean, I don't. None that I can push to make sound effects. If you had something over there, I'm sure you could wire it up. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll look into that. <laughs> yeah. I don't have any, I've never had a guest request sound effects before, <laughs> but if, if you, uh, by all means, please. So yeah. you are somebody that I know just, you know, from putting out articles in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, writing about music popular music stuff that people actually care about and the local music scene as well you cover a whole spectrum which is super cool and you are very active you you write a lot of pieces and the first thing that i want to say is this is the first time i've ever seen you you seem to be rather elusive and i wanted to ask yeah. if that was by choice as a writer yeah yeah. Well, you know what? I haven't done a lot of, this is the first podcast that I've ever done where I've been a guest. Although I did it with Patrick Jordan the other night. That was a Facebook live kind of thing. You know, the actor Patrick Jordan. I'm not familiar. He asked me to be on. Cool. Um, he, d- he does like a nightly, um, it's like a live Facebook live thing. So yeah. I went on there, but yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like to be a little bit low key about that because you know, I'm, I'm out at all these concerts. I don't really need people like knowing who I am. At the totally. concerts. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, be- I'm, but you know what? There's no concert, so (laughs) (laughs) there was going to be a lot of concerts, and Uh now there's no concerts. Yeah, Yeah. so you know, we we could definitely, you know, we've touched on it a bit how the the lockdown and the COVID nineteen stuff has affected you personally. You're obviously still writing from home. You're putting out articles and things like that. There are no concerts. I'm curious, you know, Mm. how. Just how are you dealing with not being able to see live music right now? Um, well, first of all, Brian, I have a long history of seeing live music. I have seen most of it <laughs> at this point. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I, I can I can just tap back into those experiences. For, I, I mean, I can I can skip a little bit. You know, um, there was I I had a very busy time in uh, October, November, December announcing all these shows and and it was like this is getting crazy 2021 is looking like off like nuts in terms of concerts 
And I'm looking at like the, for instance, the, I'll call it the Star Lake schedule. Um, I'm looking at the Star Lake schedule and I'm like, I'm going to go there five nights in a row. Wow. I'm like, I don't want to go there five nights in a row. So I'm looking at it with a, with a combination of excitement and dread, right? Yeah. There's like a cup. There's like, there's about five shows that I really wanted to see. Um, the stones of course were coming back. Um, and they're good. They're, they're sloppy and it's good. It's a stadium show. It's an experience. Um, I was really looking forward to seeing Primus do Rush. Uh, cause I love every Primus show. I love Rush. So the two, I can't even imagine what that was going to sound like. So I was excited for that. Um, Rage Against the Machine was finally coming back, you know, after all these years, like where the fuck have they been? Yeah. You know, and now they're finally coming back. I, I don't know how that was going to be. So I didn't know how much I should look forward to that, but I figured it would be pretty great, you know? Um, so that one, uh, let's see, all three of those are already down the tubes. Today we just found out that the Weezer Green Day one is out. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then I was really looking forward to seeing Jason Isbold because I like him a lot too. So there, there were some that I really wanted to see, but then there's, then there were like the, the Dave Matthews and the, the Jimmy Buffett's and the Kenny Chesney's and, and all the country's concerts and, you know, stuff that I don't really get up for. <laughs> um, that I was going to ha have to go to yeah. or, or find an intern to go to. Obviously there's none of those. Um, so, so yeah, so here we are. We don't know what's going to happen. If there will be any concerts in 2021 at all. I just saw Jessica Rosario at the point when she did her little protest concert. That's the only live music I've seen since, uh, Sturgill Simpson was oh. the last show I saw well, Sturgill and Tyler Childers. That's, that's a fucking good one to go out on for a little bit. It was a really good one. It was kind of, it was a strange one though, that show, because uh, Sturgill was in like kind of an odd, odd frame of mind or something. Like he was generally doing his new album straight through and this night he decided not to do that. So, um, and then like a lot of the Tyler Childers people left after he played. It was a weird, mm. it was a weird last concert of 2021, sure. if that was it. Yeah, yeah, the the thing that bummed me out, I'm in the same boat as you, is honestly, I don't mind not going to shows for a bit, as silly as that may seem to some people. It's, I was in the same boat as you, uh, you know, I'm looking at my calendar was coming up in terms of shows that I was playing, shows that my friends were playing, bands coming into town. I was like, in a way, I was like, wow, this feels like we're almost like a real music city again for the first time in a while. Because as yeah. you had mentioned, you know, sure, every year we get our, the Kenny Chesneys and those shows. But for, like, big rock acts, it had been a really long time since we had a calendar like this. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, every, every, yeah. Oh, I forgot to even mention that Roger Waters was going to open his tour here. Um, and that, like, the Rod, that Roger Waters show, the last one I saw, was literally one of the best concerts I've ever been to, you know. Um, I just, I just saw this, I woke up this morning to him, like causing trouble with David Gilmore on his, <laughs> his feet doing, doing some, and he said he was making a big announcement and his big announcement was that he was pissed off that Pink Floyd won't run, um, any kind of, uh, messages about his solo tours on their, on the website. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's your announcement. Like you're pissed uh, off at David Gilmore is your announcement. Dude. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, you know, Brian, I think we always like, we've had some really good years with shows and it seemed like the, it does did seem like this year we were getting more than the usual. Yeah. Um, 
and that everybody was just coming out this year. It felt as though it was more than usual in my particular preferred demographic of yeah. bands. What what were you looking forward to seeing? So I, I mean, was, I obviously was talking about the big shows that like I have to go out and review, but I know on the club level there was a lot of stuff oh, going yeah, on. On, as the, well. on the club level, I can't even I can't even count. Like I I I, I have a I keep a separate calendar for shows and I hadn't opened it in weeks because there was no reason to. And then just a couple days ago, I decided to look at it and saw all the little things that I had missed. And I was like, oh, such a bummer. But on a yeah. on the big scale, you know, uh, I was really looking forward to the Rage show. I actually never got to see them when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So I thought it would be really cool to finally get to see them. There's some stuff out of town that we're trying to do. Um, they haven't been canceled yet, but I'm awaiting for it to happen. Going to go see Rammstein in Philly. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah I, I, I don't think that that's going to happen. Uh, I know that the Deftones are supposed to be coming back in August. I doubt that's going to happen, even though it hasn't been canceled yet. Uh, at least I, I haven't heard yeah. anything about it. But yeah, all that stuff, yeah. just slowly waiting for the stuff to come through. Yeah, if we can get some shows that would play to under 20 people. <laughs> yeah, the thing I'm really interested in, you know, on a on a local level, we actually just got uh, Sykes and the New Violence. We got our confirmation email we're playing Millville Music Fest in August. And I'm right. like, okay, I guess they're pushing. I know they already rescheduled it for May. And like, I'm like, yeah, I mean, we're available. But like, do you really think we're going to be able to do an, a free all day outdoor music festival? How's this going to work? I don't, I, I'm curious. Um, well, there's not that much outdoor space in Millville. Like if it had been Deutschtown, you know, I can see them doing it in that Northside Park. Uh, and I, I can see some outdoor things happening this summer with people staying a little bit, you know, distant from each other. Or, yeah. or I just, um, I, I really don't think that anybody's going to get this, this, uh, anyone's going to get COVID standing outdoors in the summer. I really, in the heat, I just don't think it's going to happen, but you know, we, I guess we have to err on the side of caution. We could, we couldn't do, like, I don't think that we could do like, you know, one of the big Star Lake shows or a three of arts festival, yeah. with, you know, 20,000, you know, I don't know, 5,000 people there. Yeah. But, um, I think there could be some pop-up things with just some bands playing some shows in the park. And I think it would, that would be a way to start, you know? Yeah. I feel like there's two different conversations to be had and there's the, the scientific reality of everything and then the social reality of everything. And the social reality, I think is going to be a much, bigger hurdle because even if things are scientifically safe you know people are still going to be very paranoid and very cautious about doing things and then there's also on the others there's going to be people that don't give a shit there's people that don't give a shit now and then then you have those those worlds colliding you know and i'm really interested i'm gonna knock on wood like i'm not i'm not super scared like especially like i said when i talk about um getting it outside like when Jessica Rosario announced that music is essential thing, she was going to do a show like three weeks ago in Point State Park, you know, like I went down to it. I wanted to see it. I wanted to be there and see what happened. There were only about like 10 people that showed up to okay. watch it. But there, were, there were a lot of people in the park that day. And it was really good to hear some live music. And that, like I said, that's the only live music I've heard since Sturgill. Yeah. So, you know, with the local music scene, 
we have a very, very active community and we've had a very active local music scene for as long as I can remember. You know, my my parents had friends that played in bands. My uncle knew people that played in bands. And, you know, now I now I <laughs> it's, it's so funny. Like my uncle knew the cynics and now I work for Greg. It's just like really funny. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's so funny. And like a, my dad was an eviction fan. So, like, you know, like right. I grew up around a lot of this stuff and there's been a lot of fun, positive, cool stories that have come from Pittsburgh. I mean, you just put out that piece today on the House Rockers that which yeah. was a, a really cool read. I actually just read through that. I got a post Gazette subscription just to read that article, just to let you know. Oh, that's great. So that's great. Thanks. I, I, that was actually one thing I wanted to talk to you about was this whole online subscriptions and working for, um, you know, a newspaper and what that's like, because I will admit you sent me the article and then I opened it up and it was like, oh, you know, you got to subscribe to read. And then I was like, ah, oh, what the uh. fuck immediately. But then in my brain, I was like, wait, it's like, why wouldn't I want to pay a little bit of money to help support, you know, a local institution that's been doing good work for decades? It's like, how hypocritical yeah. of me would it be for someone like me that preaches, you know, support local to just be like, ah, well, fuck, I'm not paying the Post-Gazette for their thing, you know? Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's like a it's like a dollar a week to start or something, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's not that it's not that bad, but they might hit you up after the, tri- the trial. I, I, it's it, subscription. Yeah, yeah no, the, it was it was very clear. I think it was it was it was ninety nine cents for the first four weeks, and then it's twelve dollars mm-hmm. a month afterwards. Yeah, I'll give it a yeah. whirl. You know, if I decide our, new, our newest subscriber. Yeah, <laughs> I'll well, give it a whirl. You. But yeah, it was cool. It was it was it was. It was, it was neat to read through the article a lot of the stories like i don't know a whole lot i didn't know a whole lot about the background of that album i think like just growing up at the time that i did um that kind of music was just nothing i gave a shit about but i have a lot more like respect and understanding for it now as i've just gotten older um just in terms of like mellowing out a bit you know everything doesn't have to be so crazy these days and yeah. just like becoming more interested in like the stories of local Pittsburgh music, like actually caring about the background. I thought it was yeah, really well written. When I um when I went to Pitt, which was uh, I started in nineteen seventy nine at Pitt. Okay, to to tell you my age, and the very first week there was a concert, like on you know in the student union on the corner of like uh, Forbes and Bigelow. Yeah boulevard across from the cathedral there was like a little patio there and the iron city house rockers okay played on that patio uh like a free concert it was like the first week of september right when school was starting that was the first time i had ever seen a local band um was the iron city house rockers wow and you know i had been coming like you know i had been a fan of uh you know springsteen and the jay giles band it was like this is our Jay Giles band. This is our E Street band, like right here in Pittsburgh. It was like really cool to me. And um, you know, their they their place was the decade in Oakland. I don't, are you familiar with the yeah. what the decade mm-hmm. was? Yeah. It was on that corner of um Bouquet Street and Atwood, which is now like the garage door or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And you know, that that place had, you know, it had it had the Ramones, U2, the police, they all played there. Um, just an the pretenders, just an amazing 
amount of bands that came through there. That's where they came. And the house rockers were like the house band. And I was like, uh, I was too young to get into the, to the decade to see the house rockers, but there was an apartment building and I think it's still there. That's above the decade. Right. So we knew somebody who lived in that apartment building. And what we would do is we would go, they would let us in. We would go up to the roof of the depart of the apartment building. And then there was a stairway that went right down into the kitchen of the decade. So we were like 19 years old, something like that. And we would sneak into the decade through the, we would just walk through the kitchen and then we would be right out where the bands were playing. Um, and then to get into the electric banana, we had to, you know, we had these like paper licenses. So we would like cut little, we would move the dates around on the, on our driver's license. <laughs> you could do that with an exacto knife and some glue, try to get it past Johnny banana. Right. <laughs> so I was, so, so I was, I was seeing like, you know, uh, like the iron city house rockers and, and all the decade bands, you know, um, uh, Bonton Relay and Billy Price and all that stuff. And also going to the Electric Banana to see like Car Sickness and all those kind of bands. So yeah. that was kind of like my entree into the uh, Pittsburgh scene. Um, and uh, I'm not sure how many of us were into like both sides of the Pittsburgh scene. Because, you know, there was like the house rocker side, which was like the, the classic rock, like oh, sure, yeah. Teddy, Heart, Heartland Rock. And then there was like the punk rockers, like the Cynics and ATS and, and all those bands that played at the Banana. You know, I just went back and forth because some of those bands also did play at the decade, like but they would play like Monday, Tuesday nights, you know. Yeah. Um, but that that was sort of my heyday of like going to 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 shows in Pittsburgh. It was like a great era, you know. Yeah. And you mentioned the Cynics. I was at, you know, I was probably at one of the first Cynic shows when they were like a big six piece band with the Farfisa and everything. Uh -huh. They had different people in it. Yeah. Um yeah, I think that was before Michael got into it. Yeah, yeah, they did have another singer before before every, yeah, everyone's Mark favorite Harrisman. everyone's favorite Michael. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. The cynics are, you know, like the cynics are. I consider uh, the cynics to be one of the greatest Pittsburgh bands and one of the most underrated bands ever to come out anywhere. Yeah, you know, I think they're one of the greatest garage rock bands ever, and uh, and still going. Oh yeah, and yeah. I think we I think we lost the Cynic show because of this too. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, they lost the whole tour. Yeah, but yeah, the, yeah, those those motherfuckers. I actually I did a I did a zoo, <laughs> I did I did one of these with them with everyone all like even the Spain guys and everything. And I don't know how I'm gonna release it because it is just a mess. Like you get all of those guys together on a chat, and it's just. I think I maybe asked two questions. Oh, oh really? Oh, wow. <laughs> it's entertaining, yeah. but it's very much not an interview at all. It's just like bullshit hour with, with the cynics. The cynics. Um, yeah, I, you know, I remember, I don't remember where it was, but I remember the first time I saw the cynics and Greg's guitar tone um, just terrified me. Oh, yeah. Like it was so like the, the tone, he was so massive and so mean and so nasty and it was just it was awesome to but this, it was also terrifying to, to see it to this day you know i i play in a metal band gray walker and um whenever the cynics did some shows at get hip recently you know me and a couple of the guys were there 
and we were watching them play and like as soon as they started playing we all just looked to each other like you know even just being like you know death metal dudes like holy shit that sounds big and it's just like yeah you know it's not they're not a metal band by any means but still you know you can recognize how intense of a sound he still gets to this day like it's oh it's huge. amazing like his riffs are so good yeah his riffs are so good i miss them i would i would love to see some of those right now yeah hear some of those yeah hell yeah and loud really loud a really loud band um <laughs> yeah and, uh, yeah so much yeah very very loud so much energy uh, and just like yeah it's fucking they yeah, and, shred. And, and and never and they've never really like calmed down. I think the last show I saw was at the 31st Street Pub. It was the last Cynic show that I've seen. I think I missed one of the last ones in Pittsburgh. So um yeah, they still kick ass totally. Yeah, yeah. Super high energy. So, you know, there's plenty of positive Pittsburgh memories, and I'm not one to talk about anything negative, but there's always you can't have good without the bad. And what I want to tie this into with you and your writing is, you know, over the course of the past few years, I've noticed every once in a while you maybe put out an article that gets it's rather polarizing on the Internet, whether, you know, maybe be a a review on like the Pittsburgh ecosystem project or uh, Mm -hmm. a thing is, does Pittsburgh have too many music venues and like, you know, all these, (laughs) all these sorts of discussions. (laughs) And I'm curious, like, you know, like, how do you like, whenever you're getting into like, you know, writing something that you, do you think that like, you maybe this is going to like, a lot of people are going to get worked up about this or is this just like, well, this just seems like a good idea for an article. No, you know what, you know what happened with that music ecosystem story it was, it was like, okay, the first story that came out, it was, it was um, the Pittsburgh Downtown Partnership. Uh, there, there, was a, there was a press release put out where visitors to Pittsburgh had raided the, the Pittsburgh music scene, yeah. right? Uh-huh. So basically, people coming in who knew absolutely nothing about the Pittsburgh music scene, you know, people maybe who, sta- who were coming into conventions had no freaking idea where to go. You know, they didn't probably didn't know that there's a Mr. Smalls up in Millvale. Sure. You know, that there's there's places in the south side that they could go to Bloomfield. They probably didn't know about any of these places. So they're wandering around downtown. You know what I mean? They're looking for live music and there's probably like very little there other than if they stumble upon something in Market Square like at NOLA or something. So basically I I I I think it, was, it may have been in the headline where it said low rated music scene. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it was something like, you know, it was like, uh, I don't like Pittsburgh downtown partner partnership puts out study about Pittsburgh's low rated music scene, <laughs> like sports rated really high. Yeah. You know, visitors, visitors to Pittsburgh love the sports, but they could not find the music. Like the, even if the music's there, it's not right in your face. Like maybe in some cities, if you go to, Austin, you know, you walk down the streets, like all right there. Pittsburgh has a club, right? Pittsburgh has a club here. They have a club there. You need a car to get to them, right? Sure. So it's a different kind of uh, music scene, totally, than what people might expect from certain cities. So, um, yeah. And then that whole ecosystem thing sort of took off. Like Abby from, from YEP 
you know, they, they launched that whole study and they paid like, I don't know, 30, was it, I don't remember even what it was. I don't want to know how much it was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it got, it got out of hand. You know, I don't think the guy made that much. I think maybe he got make, paid like 10 or $15,000 from the, uh, from, from the, tr- the, some trust down, what was some foundation sure. to study it. And then they put out this big report and I, I don't know that, everybody kind of laughed at it and it was like well we'll do a, a i love pittsburgh month which i think they did that yeah and then i think there was going to be an attempt to like sort of um make a make a list of every band like a you know a cron what's the word like a excel spreadsheet of every pittsburgh band and every style um sure. that i think may still be happening i don't know yeah the- but they're I'm sorry. There wasn't a ton of enthusiasm about that whole study. Yeah. Because, I, you know, obviously music scenes, they have to, they have to happen. Like, you know, I went with this sort of Dave, you know, Dave Wheeler mm-hmm. from outside inside. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, he was sort of just making the argument. This has to be pretty organic, you know? And, mm-hmm. you know, he seemed to be like the voice of reason in, in that whole thing. And I was just trying to stay on a neutral side and just do the reporting but I did probably put a few provocative words in here. And there. Yeah, no, I, I, I really, you know, I feel like whenever I first read your piece, cause I didn't make it to the meeting. Um, so I'll my, basically your, your piece that you had wrote on it was my insight into the meeting. And I think I ended up like doing a, a video about oh. it. Oh yeah. yeah it, it was like, and it's like, it was so strange because like, you know, I, I do these videos. I've been doing the podcast forever. And like, you know, I'm talking with local bands and everything all the time. And, you know, it's like, you know, sometimes things will get 500 hits. Sometimes they get 2000 hits. Like in a day that thing had like 9,000 hits. I was like, holy shit. You know, like people were, there was so much energy and attention on this, but a lot of the people that were commenting and people that were engaging with it, it's like, I've never seen you at a show. I don't know who you are. We're like, who are you people Mm -hmm. and why are you only deciding to get engaged now when there's like something to criticize? It was so strange. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I I thought I forgot about that meeting. I forgot about the meeting piece. I mean, I just mentioned Dave Wheeler and he's Uh the one that the people that talk at the meeting. Yeah. And he had, yeah, I was going to say he had some of those, some of the comments from him in that piece. I thought were like really at the time I was like, Jeez, this is a little harsh, but after like thinking about it, I was like, he's right. He's totally right. Yeah. Well, the meeting was just basically to just bat around ideas, but then they like like a bunch of people in the crowd just like like ambushed that guy, you know, from Austin, like made him go up there and talk. And like and they were just like screaming at him, like, why are you what are you doing with this money? Like, why why are you taking all this money to, to do this? And <laughs> and it was just like I felt bad for the guy. He he sure. he was he just came to observe, you know what I mean? And then just people, people were just screaming at him. And it's, it's just like, it's kind of so long ago and it's died down so much. I don't even remember like what, what people were so pissed about, Yeah, you know, other than, than the low rated thing that yeah. triggered everybody. I ended up going initially. to, yeah, I ended up going to, they had another musician meetup thing at the hard rock cafe, maybe a oh, yeah, few months later. I didn't go to that. I went to that and I actually met a couple people there that were just local musicians who I knew. I knew them just through the grapevine, but we had never met in person. So I had a good time. But in terms of anything that the people in charge were 
doing and like they had some speakers the mayor said some words and things like that i was just like this doesn't really connect with me you know i feel like anything that they were talking about that would benefit the local music scene would benefit yeah. people that are already able to play like the out they could they can play in market square or they can play in a restaurant downtown you know they have they could play outside the brewery they're like more family friendly general good bands it's like but there's such right. a there's such a huge demographic of musicians here that are maybe a little bit more gritty you know whether it's like just like totally. hard hard rock or a punk or anything like that and it's like none of this it's like there's a totally. room full of people like at the at the hard rock like the majority of the people that were there that I saw they were all people in rock bands or metal bands or you know punk or whatever there and it's like this you're not doing anything to help us actually it doesn't feel like it so i mean i feel where you're coming from because like for instance the three rivers arts festival which which has some great stuff and the county parks concerts like you you won't find like punk and metal there at all and you know i think the three rivers arts festival is there to sort of represent what the, you know the broad range of arts and it's just completely left out yeah you know what i mean because because they just feel that people are going to walk by and, you know, want to eat their like fried zucchini or something. And the metal band's going to like give them heartburn or something. I don't know. Sure. You know, I, I don't know exactly what it is, but I really think that we, we need to see, we can't just have the WYEP bands yeah. lined up to play these things. And then a couple, like a couple token hip hop acts or something like that. So it's always really disappointing to me that that kind of stuff is overlooked. And it's not only been overlooked by, you know, festivals and and city and county things, but also by radio stations a lot. It never got a lot of love, all, except for some of the stuff that the X does, yeah. you know. But I don't think there's, like, a lot of regular rotation or anything there for them. Yeah, to some degree, you know? like, I'm not ignorant. Like, I totally don't... I'm not surprised that there isn't a death metal band playing at Three Rivers Arts Festival, but... You okay. could push you could push it a little bit. They could push it a little bit more. Like there's definitely some really good local talent that is a little bit far, like just has a little bit more grit to it that could perform a really good entertaining show, like really give people a good fucking time. And I feel like that's what yeah. kind of gets overlooked. It feels like the music is just kind of like wallpaper. And then there's maybe mm -hmm. one or two performers that have a show. It's like you have this huge stage. It's like put bands on that stage. It can actually play a huge stage and give people a big stage show. Yeah. I mean, they bring in a lot of, they, it's a, it's mainly Americana. Yeah. You know, it's mostly like the, that style of music and some soul, like, you know, Mavis Staples was there last year and India Ari. So they, they do bring, which is good. They bring some of like the, this sort of black soul artists, um, and then you you get the like St. Paul and the Broken Bones and the Common Heart and stuff like that. But death death metal is an art too. You know, there's an art to that too. Like let let some one of those bands play, but maybe maybe put them off and you know, maybe put them in Market Square <laughs> while everything's got happening at the point. So at least those people can go check it out. Yeah. But I think that we I would love to see the whole range of things and this, the same with punk i mean I, I don't know that anti-flag would ever want to play the three of us arts festival but but and there would probably be pro you know like people always get triggered by the name of the band yeah you know because they don't they they see anti-flag and it's 
it, they read anti-American, you know, um, and that's not what they are. It's, yeah. you know, it's a misunderstood thing, but you know, they don't get a lot of love in Pittsburgh. I mean, when they play their release shows, they're playing, you know, they're playing Mr. Smalls and the Roxy and, and stuff like that. Um, that, that was another one that was canceled, right? Was the anti-flag release show mm-hmm. that they were going to do in March at the Roxy Inn. But, you know, we, I mean, I think a lot of these ba- ba- bands deserve the love. The Cynics, right? We talked sure. about the Cynics. Yeah. They should have been played on the fucking radio on, on FM. They were, one of, they were one of Pittsburgh's top three greatest bands to me ever. And they never got radio play whatsoever. So um, we have a way of not displaying all the stuff that we have here. And, you know, it's one thing I've tried to do. I know I've fallen short in certain places, but I've always tried to sort of highlight, you know, the full range of stuff, you know? Yeah. I think that, you know, it's, it's very obvious that I feel like you've done a good job as far as what I've seen in terms of, the things that you cover and just the frequency of the stuff that you're putting out. And it, it's super cool because yeah. there are times when I, cause there's, you're not the only music writer in the city. There's other people that have not, re- you're not, <laughs> uh, maybe you may be the most active, but there are other people. And like, you could just tell with the way that they write things. Like, you know, I've had album reviews in the city paper by people that I could tell they listened to the first 30 seconds. And they're writing mm-hmm. an album review. It's just yeah. like, do you actually care about this, or do you just want a a job writing about anything? And you got, you like got music click. dumped on you. It's just like yeah. it's very obvious just from your work that you actually have an interest in the things that you're writing about, which is uh, I I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one would hope that they would <laughs> you would check out the whole thing before you wrote about it, but. Um, and you know, one other band I forgot to mention was Lady Beast when we were talking about bands that could, that could oh. and should get like the attention, yeah. you know, like in terms of metal. Um, they could definitely uh, play like Lady Beast, yeah. Death White. Um, uh, I haven't seen your band live, but, you know, I, I, I've listened to it on Spotify. It sounds really good to me. Um, so anyway, so, so to get back to, to the other thing you were just saying, um, what I really like to do, and I... I it is just i'm really interested in the creative process um i've realized that that's my favorite part of writing about music is just you know what made you write this what was going on in your mind when you came up with this because like for instance let me spell this gum a second (laughs) like i have i have never written a song in my life right um i i play guitar a song has never come to me and part of it is because um there are so many songs, you know, there was a George Carlin bit one time, like there's too many fucking songs. Like how, why do we, do we need any more songs? There's already so many of them, you know, it's sure. like a, this is a really funny bit. And, and it's like, I could never write a song like Bob Dylan. I could never write a song, Neil Young. Um, but you could write a song like I, Scott Mervis. Why should, why should I do <laughs> I, Right. Right. So, so what I'm, what I'm getting to is that I am so impressed by people who just overlook that thing and say, I'm writing a song. This is my thing. You know what I mean? And I'm just so impressed that people write songs. Good ones. Well, bad ones. Sure. But you you know what I mean? So I'm really, I'm really fascinated by um, just 
just how what their whole process was. And I like to do I like to do features. I'm not do, I don't do a whole lot of record reviews anymore. Yeah. Um, also, there's just there's like in terms of like national bands, there's so many on the internet. There's so many national sites that run record reviews that I don't even bother with those anymore. Mm-hmm. But you know, like like for instance, this House Rockers piece, I love to get real deep into how something was was made, um, what the process was, the inspirations. So I'm constantly, I'm always interested in what people have to say. Yeah, I, but I, I do, I do like, I do like when um, when a local band comes to me uh, and they have a good backstory. You know, I, I, it really helps to have a good backstory. And to have it sort of fleshed out what your story is, you know, it it makes it so much easier for everybody, (laughs) you know, then here's my new album. Uh, you know, here's one line about it. Like, I don't really have that much to say about it, but here it is. You know what I mean? Like, it's great to have a story to go with it. I've said plenty of times before that, you know, I have, uh, I have a, a, a record collection and, but, and I love having, I see that. I love having these albums. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of these albums that I would gladly trade if I could just have like countless hours of like DVD studio footage and just seeing like how everything was put together, how they recorded stuff, how certain things were mic'd or like how they came up with these lyrics. Like that stuff is so much more fascinating to me over the end result. And like even with meeting new bands and playing with bands these days, it's like I don't really care so much about like what you're doing as much as why you're doing it right yeah so i mean that's how i feel at this point in my life like i don't i don't want to be like you know the yay nay critic like this is good this is not good i just want to be the person who sort of re- tells the stories you know of local bands you know and i'm 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 fine doing that i don't always need to like weigh in sometimes i will but i don't always need to do that you know yeah I, I, I and i have the concert reviews for doing that kind of stuff I feel too with the way just how connected everyone is through social media these days. I find that, you know, people aren't so interested in being fans anymore. People want to be like your friend or they want to feel like they're part of the family of what a band is or what an artist does. So they, I think people are a lot more interested in those personal behind the scenes stories on a general level nowadays than maybe they were in the past. Yeah. Yeah. And they can get them directly from the musicians themselves on their, on their social media, you know, mm-hmm. um, they, they don't, they don't need the, the music writers quite as much, <laughs> but, but, you know, it's a, it's been, uh, you know, it started with, uh, like the co- comments on stories. Like when we, we started running reviews and you do, we would have the comments under the reviews and, I had to stop reading them after a while because like um, I just have to do what I, what I do and not, have to, not worry about what people are thinking about, like what, you know, like sure. every little criticism, like w- what they're saying. Um, and I, I, I mean, as a musician, when you put something out, do you want to read like all the comments about what people have to say about it? I, at this point in my career, I'm happy to because I'm still operating at a level where I need those comments because we're not, I'm not incredibly successful. So if I get a bad comment, I may agree with it. I may not, 
I just, I need, I want the critique still, you know, I'm not, I'm not exhausted by it yet because I'm still developing in a way, even though I've been doing this for, you know, 15 years, I'm still figuring it out, you know, and I, I, I could use, I could use it. And it's, I find that if you can create something that generates any sort of a response from a stranger, whether it's positive or negative, that's better than creating something that nobody responds to at all because you know i would rather elicit anger or you know something negative out of someone than nothing oh for sure yeah yeah but i'm you know i'm one of those people where like you know i'll I'll post a story and then i'll read down like great review like good piece really really loved it and then then there's like one negative comment and that's all that's all the hit that's all yeah you see oh yeah the only thing the only thing you see and the only thing you remember, you know, you just, that's, um, that's, that's, so you're still a human. A, yeah. I would think with a musician, that would be like tough kind of stuff to see like the YouTube comments. Uh, I don't know how any musicians can like put, put out a single or something and read the YouTube comments. Yeah. You know, YouTube's rough. But, I feel like anything in general, I mean, like I've even, I do visual art and I remember a long time ago, I did a, an art video on YouTube and even that like people were just like, there were some real, real negative comments that really got under my skin. So it doesn't matter if you're a visual artist or a musician or a writer. I think that it's just a undeniably human thing for like anything that's sort of negative to just really get amplified. Yeah. I was just watching. Um, are you familiar with Jason Isbell from drive by truckers? I'm like he's one of the he's one of the best sort of all country Americana, you know, kind of people. I'm not familiar um, with any of his music. I I know the band. I'm familiar with the name of the band, but yeah, I'm not not musically. Well, yeah. he you know they like I was just watching. They did he put out his uh, new album last week, and he and his wife Amanda Shires did like this live set, which is really great from Nashville, where they played the whole album straight through, just acoustic guitar and and violin i'm i'm just it's up on my screen right now because i've just watched it and there's you know forty four thousand people watched it there's 898 you know thumbs up and then there's 15 people who didn't like it and i'm i'm like looking at this the 15 people like why didn't you like it it was it was really sure. good you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> like focused on that 15 like what was wrong with those people that they clicked on this they might like him but they didn't like this thing on it so, so yeah. i mean honestly like we put out a new Sykes and the New Violence song a couple weeks ago, and there mm-hmm. was a, a video for it on the YouTube, and uh, I got really, really excited because it got a thumbs down, and I was like, yes, this elicited <laughs> enough of a response in someone that they didn't like it enough that they felt they had to hit the thumbs down. Cool. Because even if, even though it's, I want you to like it, the fact that I got underneath somebody's skin with a song enough that they had to say, yeah, fuck this. Cool. Right, right. A reaction. Now, when you when you put your stuff out, do you send out to the media like that you put out Not a song anymore. you put out an album? Not anymore. Because I don't think I've ever gotten anything from you. Not anymore. I, 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 you, how come? Uh, just be... I think, you gotta pitch that shit. Like, yeah, I, no. Everyone's I, like... I think that I got kind of jaded, honestly, as a musician and... In retrospect, I think that a lot of the stuff that I was doing maybe, you know, five, six years ago when I was like really, really pushing super hard, it wasn't ready. It, it's not. I look back on that 
the the product now and i'm not like ashamed of it or anything it's just who i was it's just it wasn't good it wasn't that great so i don't blame people for not necessarily picking it up and uh i'm a lot more confident in my things now and maybe moving forward it is something that i will do with pitching things i just know i think there's part of me that's maybe a little bit too behind the curtain because you know i work at get hip and i have my podcast so i'm always on the receiving end of getting emails from bands that are looking for coverage or people that i've never heard of that want to come on the show or this and that like even somebody on my scale i get so much stuff every day every week it piles up and then part Mm -hmm. of me just feels like i don't want to be that person so then i don't send anything but that's also insanely counterproductive i'm very aware i'm very aware You should. Yeah. But, you know, I don't even know, like, how important that media is to a band. I know, like, they get, they like to get um, something and then they put it up a day and then two days later it's gone, you know, it's off of Facebook and Twitter and it's gone. I don't know how much it even helps. That's the other thing, too. Like, you know, it's, you know, uh, I've had, uh, I mean, Grey Walker has gotten a lot more press coverage than Sykes ever has. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why. And like, we don't, I think that's the other thing too, is that gray Walker really changed the way that I look at press coverage because we never really submitted for anything. We were just super active word got around and people started reaching out to us. So I just kind of felt like if you just keep your nose to the ground, do good work, get people talking about it, people will find out and they'll come out to you if they, if they want to write about something. That's the other thing, too. I would much rather somebody like you reaching out to me like, hey, I'm interested in what you're doing and writing a genuine piece rather than being like, please review my album and then getting something written by somebody that is like half assed. Yeah, but I mean, you can't assume that we know about it. I know. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, for one thing, um, what's on social media, like a lot of people don't see it, especially when you're trying to promote something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Facebook has a way of like, just sort of, you know, burying that stuff. Yeah. I, you know, like I, I, I've heard from bands, like when you, whenever you put like a ticket price, like I'll see a band post information on a show all the time, you know, cause I'll go to like the events page on Facebook and see like what's happening this week. When I look at those posts that they put out, like, the, you know, they're, they're, they're doing a show and, you know, two people click like on it. And I'm like, well, I feel like I feel really bad. Like this band, like announced their show or their album, and they have like two likes that they clicked got clicked on it. But I, I, you know, Facebook just buries that stuff, right? Yeah, uh, because they want you to buy an ad for it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so you know, a lot of times we just d- don't know that you did anything. But I mean, there is a good metal press, right? It seems like there's a lot of metal press out there that I finds think, yeah, things. I think that the metal scene. In Pittsburgh and in general, it's full of very passionate people that, you know, people that Mm -hmm. listen to metal are always seeking metal. You know, it's like there's this insatiable hunger. They're just always looking for more what, you know, and like they're it's a big part of their lives. And like on the polar opposite with Sykes and a New Violence, it's kind of like this weird amorphous thing doesn't really fit into any particular music niche. So I think that most people that come across it and see us play like they get it pitching it to a stranger it's very i've found it a little bit difficult to pitch it to somebody versus gray walker where it's like 
this is melodic death metal headbang yeah. listen to this and then sykes is like well it's a little bit of this a little bit of that it's exhausting to describe it so i don't know yeah yeah I- i'm working on it though we're we're recording a new you album. You gotta just do it. Yeah, you, you gotta just do it. Yeah, and, you know, dude, and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I try to respond to everybody. Like, but I get like, you know, I'll get these like Facebook Messenger posts like all hours. You know, like Saturday at midnight. You know, I someone bet. pitching their single. Like, why are you even pitching your single to me like on midnight on Saturday? You yeah. know, it's just like the weirdest times. It, so you know, it's coming from all directions sometimes like that. So as as a as a music writer to the general public, anyone that may be watching this that is a band, you know, do you have any simple do's and don'ts of pitching? Obviously, don't pitch somebody something on their personal Facebook account at midnight. That's a good one to start with. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it really I think it is really better to hit people up with, on business hours, right? Like, you know, business hours rather than like when they might just be like out doing you know when they're done for the day (laughs) yeah um uh i think just like sending sending an email um with like a little bit of bio material a little bit about the project uh a link a streaming link is really good and a photo because we always have to ask for a photo um you know so some people have like the epk that you can go to and then it's kind of all there, but not a lot of local musicians, you know, do that. Yeah. Um, they just did it for the house rockers record that we were talking about. There's the, the reissue of the house rockers record. And there are some bands that are incredibly well organized with, you know, how they send that stuff out. Just like being, <laughs> um, um, but uh, I just think the more, the more information that's put into that email, the better. You know, like just provide all the information, all the all the information about the press release. I mean, about the release show, if there ever is a release <laughs> show again. Yeah, you know, get it up front. Get all the details on it, the time, the price, so we don't. You know, so just make it make it easy for for the journalists to sort of collect the info. Yeah, you know. Um. So, other than that. You know, I mean, did that kind of like answer what? Yeah, what no, it makes sense. It, quite, it, that seems, yeah, it seems like a pretty common sense thing to me. Yeah, but, but again, I mean, the other thing is, you know, we're always looking for good photos of of local musicians, and we and not every like local musician, every band really has good like sends out good stuff. So, um, we're always looking to use things like that. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, I think, again, you know, being somebody that kind of operates on both sides of this thing here, I think that information is definitely super important. I get people that send me messages that I'm not connected with at all. So it'll be like, so-and-so wants to send you a message. So you have to like approve it. Oh, that. So then I approve it and it's just like, hey, can I come on the podcast sometime? And that's it. Oh, yeah. It's, It's just one sentence. And I'm like. And you don't know who they are. Who are you? What do you do? Oh, explain you know, who you yeah. are, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, are you a right. basketball player? Are you in a band? Do you juggle? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> do you juggle? <laughs> do you juggle basketballs? Um, yeah, like, give us, you know, tell us who you are. Give us the information, you know, the, as much, the more the merrier on that. Yeah. For sure. 
Yeah, I. But you do have a you do have a range of people on the podcast. Do you do basketball players? I have not had any any sports players on the show. Uh, yeah, ever. That's not what that's it not, is. No, yeah. I, w- I, I would. I'm just not tapped into that world. That's pretty much right. all, all it is. You know, uh, I've had people on the show who are musicians that also play sports, but I haven't had anyone on the show specifically for their sportsness, which is uh, right. interesting given the fact that we live in such a, a sports town. I just don't know anybody, but I'd be happy to yeah. talk with them. I find that it's actually some of the best episodes that I record are people that aren't musicians. They're the mm-hmm. people that, you know, are because then I'm able to compare my life as a musician with you know, their life as a restaurateur or a comedian or possibly a sports player or to like talk with a sports player about, you know, what music do you listen to to get pumped up or something or, you know, how has music influenced you as a a badass hockey player? Like, I'm sure those are there'd be I'm sure there's somebody out there that's probably tired of talking about hockey that would love to talk about music. And I'm tired of talking about music. So I'd like to talk about hockey it has to exist. I just haven't found it. You you could have done Levy on Bell when he put out his really bad hip hop record. I didn't even his know really that happened. Bad rap record. I oh yeah, yeah. And he put out <laughs> he put out a record where he like bitched about the Steelers on it too on his hip hop record. Okay. Um. Yeah, I did a little review of that for just some <laughs> clickbait. I needed some clickbait. That was that Brian was pure clickbait. When you're writing about um, Levy on Bell and you're getting Steelers, you're okay. writing a music story, yeah. but you're getting Steelers in your SEO key. You know, Steelers like anything. People will click on anything Steelers, but yeah, um, yeah. But so, music, I'm trying to think like musicians. There was a pi- there's a pirate pitcher that just put out um, a, like a Broadway show tune album. Whoa, yeah, that's nuts. But I forget the I don't remember the guy Steve. Somebody is a pirate pitcher. I don't keep track of pirates pitchers anymore. But, <laughs> that's yeah. nuts. I you know I. One of the, the there's so much more we could talk about. We're getting close to our hour, so I want to I want to wrap pretty soon. Um, going back to where did you get your Elvira in the background? That's really cool. Actually, that was a uh, that was actually thanks to uh, oh my god, I knocked it from my mic. That was actually thanks to uh, Sir Greg Kostelich. Oh wow! He he came across it. I think actually what I think happened. So um. Rather ripped records. Yeah. Whenever. Right. Whenever he, I think he had the stand, and then what is his name? Right. I can't. They know. opened it. They opened in Lawrenceville. Yeah. And then they moved into like the South Hit, like Mount yeah. Lebanon, like the it South was, Hill uh, It was like yeah. Brook, Brookline, I think. Or yeah, he was a yeah. cool guy. I forget yeah. his name. I can't remember. I feel so goddamn bad that I can't remember his name. Anyways, um, whenever he finally closed up shop i think mm-hmm. um greg took his inventory so we have all of the inventory and i think that oh, he did. had i think he had the stand and the stand yeah. came from that so yeah. yeah the elvira lives on nice <laughs> nice but uh nice. one of the one of the things i wanted to you know kind of talk about i think just wrapping things up in general just kind of like one of the things that you hear a lot of people complain or talk about with local music is money you know this whole ecosystem project they're trying to figure out ways to get money into the local music scene or you're talking about you know is there 
not enough venues in the city is there too many venues and it's like you know there's always these talks about like bands not making money um you know and then going even down to the smallest scale of like where you work for the post gazette and like you know now with digital media it's like okay there's an online subscription thing which ties into money and there's so much money revolved around everything and you know there's always the question it's like things should be cheaper or things should be free and mm-hmm. I feel as though for the way that a lot of people want the ecosystem of the music scene to be, asking for things to be less or free mm-hmm. seems very counterproductive. And I'm just curious, like, where you sit on that in terms of, like, the rising price of things in arts and, like, do you think that it's a bad thing or do you just think that it's natural? It's kind of funny because we start we started the podcast with me talking about sneaking into the decade to see the Iron City House <laughs> <Alice> Rock <laughs> through, through the freaking roof. Uh, Your microphone is doing like a weird robot thing. I don't know what happened. Oh man, I don't know how we go this far with it working, and then all of a sudden it's tired, right? Uh, I'm not too sure, but yeah, you sound like a robot. We've, it's pretty wild. Ever ever since ever since we started talking about Elvira, yeah, are we good? I mean, it's still it's like an echo. It's like a, a it's, it's like an echo, and it has a robot thing going on. It's very strange. Oh, jeez. I wonder if maybe it's just on my end. Hold on one second. Let me try something. Okay. All right. Hello. Yeah. Yeah, that's still going. I don't hear it now. I don't hear it now. Well, well, we can just finish the podcast. Let's finish it as a. Uh, and any, I'll just. I'll, I'll tell you this. Yeah. If, if and any, I'll just say, don't sneak into shows. <laughs> don't sneak into local shows. Um, you know, support local music when you can, and, but also check them out. Check out the bands when they're free. Like if they're playing outside for free, and go see them, and then you can become a fan, and then you'll pay to see them later, and also let more various kinds of bands play out for free that that's that's my message let the death metal band play yeah hell yeah i appreciate it and with that being said i'm gonna do my outro and we will wrap this up and um uh, i hit the wrong button everything's broken (laughs) at the end of the podcast everything just falls apart um how does this work? I don't even know how to we work We made this. it so far. Yeah, it's okay. It happens. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening one more time. Scott Mervis, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat 2020. Woo, woo. Thanks for listening. And uh, fade this out. And then we're done. Thanks, Scott. Thank you, Brian. I enjoyed it. It was great. You did a good job.